You're listening to Mount Carmel Baptist Church's weekly Sunday worship service message at 11 a.m. Mount Carmel is located in Demarest, Georgia. To learn more, visit mtcarmeldemarest.com or facebook.com forward slash mtcarmeldemarest. Thanks for listening. And turn to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. We're going to look at verses 21 through 28 this morning. Now, I want you to follow along with me in the scriptures. So if you have a physical Bible, take it out. Find Matthew 15. Uh, We're in the last quarter of the New Testament. Don't be afraid to use your index. Uh, All I ask and desire of you is that you have an open Bible, an open heart, and an open mind. Uh, But if you don't have a physical Bible and you have a smartphone, uh, if you download the YouVersion Bible app, that's Y-O-U, after you download it, you can go to the More tab and tap Events. You can find Mount Carmel Baptist Church and then click on today's sermon title and there's the scripture references and notes and quotes, all those things that you'll need. So uh, please download that. If you're outside the Habersham County area, uh, you can search for Demarest, Georgia. That's D-E-M-O-R-E-S-T and you should be able to find the church. Again, we're in Matthew chapter 15. We're going to look at verses 21 through 28. And I want to preach to you a Mother's Day message in which I've entitled, Mom's Mega Faith. Mom's Mega Faith. Mother's Day is a tough time for many. Some are struggling with infertility, or mourning a miscarriage or the death of a child. Some are considering or undergoing the challenging process of fostering or adopting children. Some are single parents doing their absolute best. Some want to be married and have children. There are some step-parents who just want their children to value them. Some have had an abortion. Some have placed a child for adoption. And some have just grown distant with their children or mothers for complicated reasons. Some are going through their first Mother's Day without their moms. One precious saint in our church last year commented to me, my, mother's, my mother passed away some 35 years ago even now. Mother's Day is a hard day to celebrate. King Jesus declared that motherhood does not just consist of biological blood. Listen to what it says in Matthew chapter 12, verses 49 through 50. It says, stretching out his hand, that's Jesus, toward his disciples, that's his followers, repentant believers. He said, here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So there are spiritual moms among us as well today. Both types of moms give us negative and positive memories and emotions. There's no denying whether negatively or positively, positively, moms have had a significant impact on us. Many mothers are the confidants, the providers of support, and the drivers of faith. I know my mom is one of those. But here's the question that I want us to explore this morning. 
Is there still hope for a person's true conversion, whether that's a child or a mom, who is passing out from beyond the reach of a Christian family's influence? I want to address that prodigal child or that prodigal mother. Can God save them and forgive them of their sin, convert their soul, change them, and grant them everlasting life? Can God still do that when it seems that a mother's or a child's influence is so small now? And here's what I want you to impress upon your soul this morning, is God can do that with or without your faith. God's able to do many things without our cooperation. But I want you to know this. We cannot do that without faith in God. Significant difference. God can do anything without us, but we cannot do anything without Him. Without faith, you know this, it is impossible to please God. Our faith does not bond God. But, I'll say this, on His terms, with His infinite wisdom and sovereignty, there are times where He desires faith from you and I. What kind of faith does God desire from us? And I would say it's a mom's mega faith. That's the kind of faith that God desires, not just from mothers, but from fathers and children, from everyone. A mom's mega faith. Now, what is a mom's mega faith? And we see this explored in the passage this morning. In today's Bible passage, there is a blessed assurance that no one has passed beyond the reach of Jesus and mega faith. Jesus, in this text, is seeking respite from multitudes that want to make him king and mobs that want to kill him. And so he actually ventures outside the boundaries of Israel into non-Jewish territory. The territory that he goes to is today Syria and Lebanon. Now just think about a Jew seeking respite in Syria or Lebanon. While there, a woman... Now, mind you, this is a patriarchal society. This would have been taboo. But a woman screams out to the master teacher, Jesus, for help. She was a non-Jew on top of that. In fact, the text will allude to the fact that she is a Canaanite. Now, if you don't know, the Canaanites were the original occupants of the land of Israel. They are the original enemies of the nation of Israel. How would Jesus, this Jewish rabbi, respond to a woman who is a non-Jew, her pleas for help. Let's read Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 and 22. And it says this, When Jesus left there, he's talking about Israel, he withdrew to the uh, area of Tyre and Sidon. Again, that's modern-day Syria and Lebanon. Just then, a Canaanite woman from the region came and kept crying out, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely tormented by a demon. 
Again, we are asking the question, what is mom's mega faith? And here this lady, this Canaanite woman, demonstrates mega faith for you and I. And the first thing that I want you to note is this. Write it down. Number one, mega faith pursues the person of Jesus. Mega faith pursues the person of Jesus. I need you to understand this. Whether you're a child with your mom this Mother's Day or mom with your child, whoever has visited who in the midst of this pandemic, sometimes you'll hear, hear moms and children uh, point out that a particular member of the family has great faith. Now, I need you to understand this. When we talk about the nature, the quality of faith, we are not talking about faith for faith itself or believing in believing. There is nothing magical or mystical about just believing something, being optimistic or uh, positive. The Bible does not champion that type of faith. It is always faith in something, an object. And preeminently, it's faith in someone, a person in this case. And I want you to notice how the Canaanite woman, a non-Jew, references Jesus. She calls him Lord. This is the first time, note it, that she'll do it. And, and she probably doesn't realize the significance of how Lord means God for most Jews. All right, But she definitely sees him as a superior authority. Someone with power to do something about her situation. She's, she's acknowledging his superiority. But the part I want you to see is she calls him son of David. Now, this would have especially rang in the disciples' ears and caught them off guard. Here is a non-Jew, a Canaanite woman, who is using Israel's title for the Messianic king, the chosen one, the promised one that would come and deliver Israel from her enemies. And she calls out to Jesus as a non-Jew and says, You're the son of David. You are Israel's Messiah. You can do something about my situation, which is just unheard of. She has no claims to the Messiahship of Israel. And yet she understood who the person was. This is who I'm putting my faith in. I'm not just putting my faith into some dream or hoping against hope. Ladies and gentlemen, we're, the church is not calling people to faith in just anything. I need you to get this. We are calling you to repent of sin and trust in Jesus alone, the Son of David, the Lord God of Israel. He alone, Jesus, is worthy of your trust. So let me encourage you, to believe that however hopeless your case appears, there is one who is mighty to save. There is one friend to parents. There is one children. There is one redeemer of children. You must come to Jesus with your need, not just anybody. It's not just a church. It's not just a pastor. It's not just a program. None of these things are effectual in and of themselves to convert, save, forgive, change, and grant eternal life to any member of your family. It is only Jesus. So what is mom's mega faith? Mega faith pursues the person of Jesus. 
He is the object of our faith and believing. Let's continue to read in Matthew 15, 23 through 26. Notice what happens. Jesus did not say a word to her. He kept silent. His disciples approached him and urged him, send her away because she's crying out after us. So the image, in case you're not able to put it together, is Jesus is walking out in front of his disciples, and the disciples are out in front of this crazed woman who is screaming after Jesus. They hear her coming from behind. And so eventually, they just for the sake of of expediting their traveling and their trip, they tell Jesus, Jesus, just do something. Right? Send her away, either tell her no, or take care of it. Let's move along. And, and I believe God in His sovereignty wants to let this story play out for many people, for the glory of Jesus, the faith of the disciples, and then to teach us a theological lesson as well. Notice what happens, verse 23. You know, send her away because she's crying out after us. Verse 24, He replied, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, he probably said this for his disciples and for the woman to hear. And I'll discuss the significance. I'm sent to the lost sheep, the house of Israel. And then, verse 25, but she came, knelt before him. She bowed down, worshiping him, and said, Lord, that's number two, help me, help me. Verse 26, he answered, It isn't right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. That's a loaded statement, and Lord willing, I'll do my best to explain it to you. The second thing about what is mom's mega faith is number two, mega faith perseveres in prayer to Jesus. Perseveres in prayer to Jesus. Now think about what happens She calls out to the Son of God for help, and there's silence. I know there are moms on the other side watching this who go, I have called out and called out to God to save my child, or a child who's called out to save mom or dad, and it's just like, is anybody on the other side listening? And I find it interesting here that it's just not a word. It's not no, it's just not a word. And then Jesus' reply, his answer, is actually an argument. I don't mean defensive. He's just going to talk to her about why he's not responding. And it's actually rather interesting. Jesus informs both her and the disciples that the primary recipients of Israel's Messiah is Israel. They are first in order. They ought to be blessed first by the ministry of Jesus. And so he tells them, I've been sent. My mission, my audience is the people of Israel. And you're not a part of Israel. It's just real simple. That's the argument. And then Jesus appears to call her something derogatory. And that's us reading back into the text. He calls her, in effect, a dog. In the metaphor, he's essentially saying this, there's a family table spread out. The children at the table, God's table, are the people of Israel. And there's some dogs roaming under the table. And he would, in effect, say, and these are the Gentiles. 
Now, the dogs is a common uh, usage among Jews to refer to the non-covenant family, those outside the covenant family of God. And that's a reference for them. They're just the dogs underneath the table. They're not actually seated at the table. But I want you to get the picture that Jesus just laid out in front of this lady. All right? A family gathering. It's God's table. The children of Israel are seated at the table, but there are there are domestic dogs on the ground, roaming around. A poodle is under the table. Now, when we hear of Christ's love and power, we pray with great urgency. But when there seems to be no answer, let's just be honest, when we seem to be getting nowhere, we falter. When there's no sign, there's no fault, there's no change by that loved one, the lost one, that things are kind of turning around. In fact, sometimes it seems like the more you pray, the harder their hearts become or the further they wander off. And then our conscience begins to speak of our own sin and our unworthiness. We think to ourselves, God must hear other people's prayers. They must be holier than me. How can I expect God to work a miracle for me? And we get depressed. And all I want to encourage you with this morning is don't give in to that. Don't give in to that. Come to Jesus and keep crying out in prayer. Keep calling out. Keep coming to Him. Silence is not no. Keep on doing it. He's got a a way, something He wants to accomplish in your persevering Prayer And whatever you do when you approach Him, don't excuse the sin of your children or your parents. Don't say so-and-so is a good person or they've had it rough. No, when you pray to Jesus, give no pretense. Tell Him outright they're sinners and they need salvation. Ask God to transfer them out of the domain of darkness into His beloved Son's kingdom. Ask God that they be born again, spiritually renewed, that they would be changed from enemies of God to His children and friends. Honor God by confessing sin fully and clearly. Acknowledge His righteous judgment that that child or mother deserves hell, but then specifically ask for His grace and mercy in salvation. Keep praying. Persevere in prayer. What is mom's mega faith? Mega faith pursues the person of Jesus, and mega faith perseveres in prayer to Jesus. And then let's look at the last two verses Matthew chapter 15, verses 27 and 28. Yes, Lord, she said, yet even, that you can even translate this for even, the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. This is not a contrast. Please catch this. She is acquiescing. She is acknowledging that the argument is true. Yes, Lord, for even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And then verse 28, then Jesus replied to her in the Greek. It's literally, oh, woman. He's just in shock. 
O woman, your faith is great. The Greek word, megale. You have mega faith. Let it be done for you as you want. And from that moment, her daughter was healed. And here's number three, the other quality of mega faith. Mega faith perceives the possibilities with Jesus. Remember, it's with Jesus. It's because God is with us that all things are possible. Now, not everything is permissible from God. But it's only faith with Jesus that makes that hope or dream an even possibility for reality. But here's what I want you to catch. She met the silence and argument, and it was all the truth, with more prayer and more faith, and she was trusting Jesus's wondrous compassion. And here's what's so amazing. By faith, she perceived in the truth of Jesus that she still had a place in Jesus' grace and mercy. Do you catch what she does? This is faith. This is exciting. I wish the church was full because I'd almost run around. As she goes this, Ah, but I hear you, Jesus. The dogs are still in the family. Did you catch that? The dogs are still in the house. Yes, you are the Lord over the house. You're the master of the table. Yes, the children of Israel, they're seated at your table, but you still have pets. You still have dogs. You still got that poodle, right? And she says this, and I'll be glad to be that poodle. I'll be the dog. Just give me a crumb. And she is perceiving how Jesus will one day be Lord of all. He's the Lord over the whole house. And so she says, can you go ahead and extend that blessing that belongs to Israel? I know it's coming for us. Could you go ahead and just drop it off the table? And Jesus is just in utter shock that her faith is that far. Like, you need to understand, Jesus in the whole book of Matthew will only... Uh, encourage or be be shocked of faith and it's by a gentile centurion and a canaanite woman you have some jews who place no faith in jesus jesus has already said in matthew chapter 8 that his disciples had little faith and here a canaanite woman understands god's economy of salvation better than anybody else and he goes it's yours take it If you're praying for your prodigal child or mother, you have this little lady (laughs) and her interaction with Jesus kind of as a template or an example. When faced with doubts, let her faith, that mega faith and perseverance in prayer with Jesus to inspire you. And please catch, I need you to understand what the object of your faith is. You're not trusting in your fervency. You're not trusting even in the persevering. You're not trusting even in the praying. These are all means to an end. The object is Jesus. We're after the answer from Jesus. And you keep pursuing Jesus. We trust Jesus' faithfulness. We trust Jesus' power. We trust Jesus' Love. Only Jesus can keep our faith alive. 
because he's a part of the equation, there's always the possibility. Don't give up. In the midst of the silence, when the arguments are good, keep pressing in. Keep pressing in. In believing, authentic, persevering prayer, God draws us toward him. I think that's one of the beautiful images of this. She's running and she's getting closer and closer. A a, a woman, a Canaanite, getting closer and closer to the master teacher, Jesus. We learn in the midst of his silence and even in good arguments just to keep trusting him. We rise to deeper insights of his love, his faithfulness, his salvation, his mercy and grace. Keep on. Keep on. You're going to get there. You're going to get there. And all of that, that, that running to him and pursuing him, that's a part of this development of mega faith, that pleases Jesus. It does. If you are praying for loved ones far from God, come nearer to Jesus. Isn't that amazing? They're far from God. You get closer to Jesus. He can save them. He can. Let your faith take hold of His strength, not yours. Don't refuse time with Jesus. Don't get fed up. Another day, another opportunity to bring those petitions, right? To ask a personal God who loves you for the specific blessing of the conversion of salvation of a loved one. And let His faithfulness and power and love inspire and build your faith. Come nearer. Have a little talk with Jesus, right? Because Jesus can save your mother and Jesus can save your child. I'm going to ask every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you're sitting with mom today or mom, you're sitting with a child today and you're hearing the gospel proclaimed. It is only Jesus. Jesus Christ died for our sins. The Son of God came to this earth lived a sinless, perfect life, and in love for us, shed his blood and died on the cross to forgive us of our sins and for us to escape God's wrath and hell and to prove that God accepted Jesus' sacrifice as payment for our sin. God raised his son from the dead to offer forgiveness in his name, and the church is in existence for one mission, to preach that gospel, that good news of forgiveness in Christ's name to every person. Jesus is not dead. He's alive. He is God. He hears our faults and whispers. And all who call upon his name, they will be saved. They will be forgiven and granted eternal life. And if you're ready to repent of your sins, acknowledge and admit that you are a sinner who deserves hell, but you believe that God loves you and came down for you to die for you and was raised again for your salvation, then I want you to bow your head and I want to... It's the object of our faith. Who are we praying to? That's Jesus. And I want you to confess your sin to Jesus and commit your life in faith to Him. Will you just pray this to Jesus? Say, Dear Jesus, I confess I am a sinner and deserve hell. But I believe you love me You came down for me. You lived a perfect life. 
and you died on the cross for my sins. And I also believe God raised you from the dead to forgive me, change me, and grant me eternal life. Please forgive me. Convert me. Give me everlasting life. I offer my life to you. And if I, w- I just want to encourage you, if you've prayed that prayer, your next step in your walk with Jesus, your relationship with Jesus, is going public with your faith. And the way we go public with faith in Jesus, just kind of like this lady screaming out, is the means by which Jesus said to go public is baptism. When we go under the water, we are identifying with the death of Jesus for our sins. And when we come up out of that water, we're saying we believe and identify with Jesus' resurrection for a changed life and everlasting life. And if you've never been baptized, I want to encourage you right now, go to our website, mtcarmeldemers.com forward slash baptism. You can find it under the home tab. Fill out that form. It's sent to me. I would be delighted to schedule a baptism for you. The last thing that I want to encourage you with is for those believers and their relationship with their mom. Again, I want to recognize that Mother's Day can be a tough time for people today. And I would encourage you, if you've lost a mother or a child, to bring your grief to Jesus. Bring it to Him. Talk to Him about your grief. The other thing I would have you do is that if your life is not better because of your mom, I would ask you today to pray for her and to forgive her. Pray for God's wisdom and courage and power to take the next right step in mending your relationship with that child or with that mother, even if it's just for the sake of the gospel. And then the third thing is this. Some of you, like myself, you are better off because of a biological mother And like me, I've got a ton of spiritual mamas. Honor them. Honor them today. It's a command that we should joyfully obey. Call her, pick up the phone, write a card to her, visit her if you can. Just reach out and contact her. And if you can't contact her, she is with the Lord, then fall on your knees and thank God for her. Celebrate and honor your mother today and every day. Thanks for listening to Mount Carmel Baptist Church's weekly Sunday worship service message. Mount Carmel is located in Demarest, Georgia. Please join us this Sunday at 11 a.m. To plan your visit, go to mtcarmeldemarest.com.